Hello and welcome to another Isis Heron podcast. My name is Marcello Kolax, and today I am here with our two Russia and Ukraine experts, Elizabeth Stoner and Katya Kravtsova. Uh, Ukraine is undergoing tremendous changes in its gas sector, and our experts have the latest updates. So how is the implementation of the gas law that came into force processing? The implementation of the new gas law, which came into force on the 1st of October, is rather halting at the moment. In fact, I think we could say that we're in legislative limbo. There have been delays in the implementation of secondary legislation, which is vital to implementing the gas law. The regulator at the end of September approved a, a large number of gas market codes involving transport tariffs, standard supply and transport contracts, storage codes and so on. But none of this has been implemented because there's no secondary legislation. One of the problems with getting the secondary legislation on board um, is the local elections which take place on the 25th of October. Any secondary legislation which could have the effect of increasing residential gas prices is going to be politically unpopular. And I think that this is one of the reasons for the delays in accepting secondary legislation in the Parliament. So in practice, the gas market in Ukraine is functioning much as before the 1st of October. Several things are in a state of lack of clarity. Trading licenses were withdrawn a while ago, but it's unclear whether any new ones have taken their place. However, the traders keep trading and the producers keep producing and selling. So, in fact, things seem to be running as before, and we'll just have to wait for the legislation to come into force that's necessary. One thing that's happened is that the Naftagaz is going to have to reform its corporate structure, and this should be taking place in the next few days. Uh, it will mean that uh, they will create a board of directors comprising representatives from Naftagaz, government representatives, and importantly, possibly representatives of the EBRD and IMF. One of the reasons Ukraine is proceeding with reform in its gas sector is because the IMF and other financing bodies have made this a condition of supplying Ukraine with money and NAFTA gas with money for buying gas. And this time round, uh, they're going to have to show that they're reforming before they get the money. So Katya, you recently attended the first Ukrainian gas forum in Kiev. So what were the impressions you had from there about what has been happening in the Ukrainian gas sector? Uh, yes, so the gas forum took place uh, last week and it was an interesting event. Uh, more than 100 uh, participants were there and those were both Ukrainian market, domestic market participants and some international uh, traders. Everyone is interested in the reform and uh, it looked like everyone was quite excited that the reform came into effect because first the reform was approved by the government uh, in spring this year but it was not clear if it will eventually come into effect so everyone was quite excited that that happened and that the codes some of the codes were uh, eventually approved um, but there are still concerns about how the reform will be going on in the future and one of the concerns that most participants had um, is introduction of security of supplies policy. This policy means that independent companies, or actually all the companies that uh, want to 
uh, participate on the Ukrainian market uh, will have to have additional volumes of gas in the storage. At the moment, uh, it looks like only the country's incumbent uh, NAFTA gas uh, can allow to have that because uh, it basically means that companies will have to pay double price uh, and buy a double amount of gas in order to supply one part to uh, consumers and to put another part into storage. That's quite complicated in terms of uh, financial um, aspects. Imports have been conducted into Ukraine over Western borders from Europe since 2012. So what is happening here now? Will this influence the European gas market? Naftagaz just announced that it will offer its uh, potential capacity at the Slovak border to uh, other companies. This is quite a new development and Naftagaz told us that they are doing that because they can't use uh, full capacity at Putinze at the moment because they're waiting for European Bank for Reconstruction and Development loan that will allow them to uh, buy more gas uh, in Europe. And while they're waiting for that loan, um, other companies would be able to use their capacity. And we know that some of the companies have already actually started to uh, deliver gas to Ukraine. We know that uh, Ukrainian uh, independent producer Deep Tech started uh, to import gas from Europe uh, even last month in September, late, late September. Uh, other companies such as Ukrainian Energy and Energy Resources of Ukraine also started to uh, deliver gas to Ukraine. And probably there will be more uh, because the um, announcement, uh, the, the formal announcement from NAFTA Gas came only yesterday, on Tuesday. Um, it will. It is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting question how this could influence uh, gas prices on East European markets. Um, well, traders believe actually there will be not much influence because uh, even though NAFTA Gas is given. Uh, its capacity to other companies, those companies are delivering gas to small enterprises in Ukraine, so the amount of gas that they buy on the Slovak PTP is not really considerable to like move the market uh, markets really significantly. So Elizabeth, how will all these changes affect the gas relationship with Russia? Well, Russia restarted uh, gas exports to Ukraine after a, a, a halt of a few months. Um, on 12th of October, having uh, reached an agreement with Ukraine for a winter gas package, and that was done with the help of the EU. So Russia was prepaid by Ukraine for gas, and um, 2 billion cubic metres will be supplied through October uh, once full prepayment is made. Generally, I think... Uh, Russia still needs Ukrainian transit to Europe, and Ukraine still needs Russian gas supply especially in winter. So that uh, mutually dependent relationship continues. However, I think that now that Ukraine is able to get uh, gas over its western borders, and much more gas than previously, Russia has to compete on price with imports from the west and the western hubs, such as the Slovak VTP. This will probably continue uh, in this environment of low oil and gas prices. And in fact, it's an ideal uh, environment for Ukraine to reform its gas sector. Uh, it'll be less painful for the country to uh, introduce price rises in a European-wide low-price environment. 
The transit relationship will continue important to European buyers of Russian gas until an alternative transit route can be found, such as the Turkish Stream or even more gas going through Nord Stream. But Southern Europe is probably more interested in Turkish Stream. Uh, One of the reasons for this is that uh, European buyers of Russian gas don't particularly want to get involved in arranging transit through Ukraine, and their long-term contracts already stipulate delivery of gas at the Ukrainian border with the West, and they won't want to take the risks of arranging transit through Ukraine. So I think the joker in the pack between Ukraine and Russia, of course, is the political situation, because uh, what's happening in eastern Ukraine and the general political situation um, up to a point will have an effect on the gas relationship but perhaps not too much because it's a relationship that's important to both sides at the moment. That sounds like a rocky start for the Ukrainian gas market to align itself with European standards. Progress has been made, but we still have a lot of challenges ahead of us. To stay updated, please follow us on isis.com. My name is Marcello Kolax, and thank you for listening to our podcast.